Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is a very special episode of the Good Morning Liberty podcast. My name is Nate, and with me, as always, is Charles Chuck Thompson. How's it going tonight? Oh, just a Sunday night. It's a Sunday night. Sunday night, night freedom. My girlfriend hates when people call me Chuck, and I think it's hilarious. So, you know, we're getting all these reviews coming in and everything, and everybody's like, Nate and Chuck, Nate and Chuck, and you know, it's fine with me. I've gone by a lot of names in my life. Most notably, Charlie would be a nickname for me that most people use. But Still not your real name. It's not. I'm good with Chuck. And what's funny about that is when I was younger and I played baseball in high school, I, that's right, I was a good pitcher. <laughs> but uh, when I played baseball, they, the up Chuck was always a joke with everyone. So of course. It was always like, keep your head up, Chuck. Yeah. Keep, get your bat up, Chuck. Keep your glove up, Chuck. Anything they could... Any and combo then, they could use with Upchuck for the longest use. for the longest time you got the uh, Charlie <laughs> that really hurt, <laughs> that hurt Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> all he bit the my time finger, Charlie <laughs> ouch Charlie all the time yeah so it's really you're you're damned if you do damned if you don't it's, you know yeah. whatever you go for right now but anyway this is a very special episode um, we did a live Q and A for people who are Patreon supporters if you want to be a Patreon supporter and get in on these live Q and A's live podcasts you can talk to us all the time while we're recording the podcast and get some exclusive content. You know, all kinds of stuff on that Patreon right there. That's patreon.com slash goodmorningliberty. But we we did this live Q&A, so it's obviously going to be a little bit different than our normal podcast. We're just fielding questions from people, some about libertarianism, some about our personal endeavors in, in music and business and, and all of those things. So uh, it was overall a really good conversation. It, it felt short, but it was it was a, an hour and 10 minute conversation with the with the Patreon supporters. So um, I was excited to do it. You got anything else, Chuck, before we before we get going? I don't. Let's roll the Q&A. All right, guys, here you go. Our Twitter. Charlie, what's your Twitter handle? It's at McCoy3PM. I'll just type it in there. Nate, what's yours? We aren't as active individually on Twitter as we should be. Yeah, as I go to see what my Twitter handle is. <laughs> Hang on, let me remember what it is. Oh yeah, that's right. Mine's at Thurston Goal. Um, Cynic. I don't. I mean, just tell you, I don't use it though. I I use I use it on, on um, you know, our Good Morning Good AM Liberty Good A yeah Twitter all the time. Um, that's that's basically our personal Twitters. I literally haven't logged into my personal Instagram in probably six months. I would say. And um, we should do better. We've talked about doing better about that because things like that, you know, anything to help the podcast or whatever. But <laughs> oh, Magoo, right here. They're the ones that compared us to Ron Paul. How about that? I just looked up Cynic Finnick on iTunes. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember Somebody, exactly. Yeah. But they got that 2008 feeling. Charlie's is I got a feeling. Charlie's is McCoy, by the way, because his is McCoy three PM because he used a fake last name while he was playing music. Oh um, no, for no particular reason. Yeah. Except for that it was it was, you know my original why why was it McCoy? Oh, 
because of our the, band. The band. The former band. The band we were in. We were in a band called the Rose McCoy, mm-hmm. uh, which was named after one of the, uh, that someone from the Hatfield and McCoy rivalry. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we, we went through, the first time I went on tour, I noticed I had a bunch of randos add me on my personal Facebook. And um, so I changed my last name for music and yeah. I used a different last name the entire time I was playing music. Me too. Yeah. Josh goes, is that Charlie's maiden name? <laughs> <laughs> what a dick. You're a dick, Josh. Last time That's I helped you on a, last time I helped you on a weekend. <laughs> no, we don't play gigs still. We retired from music. <clears throat> we did actually. Yeah. I was playing up until two almost two years ago. Two, two years ago. ago uh, until it coincides with the time that I um, quit drinking. I realized that I was a severe alcoholic and music was one of the things that I had to cut out. So, um, did probably, uh, over a thousand shows, I would say, um, in 14 different countries and been, uh, to, to every, every state. And, um, yeah, had to stop because I was drunk the entire time and it got really bad. Sam said, make this fire. Not sad. (laughs) Not sad. (laughs) It's a good thing because when I quit that, I decided to go full, full blown into good morning Liberty. That was my, that was my therapy. I was like, I need to find something that I care about a lot. It was your wake up call. And I was like, I'm going to do a political economic podcast well at that time it wasn't even a podcast it was charlie's idea to make it a podcast it was actually just the facebook page where we were doing live videos every single day um and then charlie wanted wanted to do a podcast we originally had a podcast called the big freedom show so i roped him in in this contract kind of like barstool sports and that uh (laughs) call me daddy podcast have you heard about all that controversy Uh uh-uh Kind of like the same thing. I mean, I barely pay Nate anything, and I have exclusive rights to everything. That's that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I'm yeah. like, come over here. This is such a great idea. Let's do this. Now, did you hear about that though? No. So that that there's a call me daddy podcast. We don't actually have a contract for the podcast. No, we don't. You guys know. But there's that call me daddy <laughs> podcast, which is on Barstool Sports, and it's these two girls who talk about all you know that they, they look like. They look like they would be porn stars and they talk about sex and all that stuff. It's a top 20 podcast yeah. now. And they make about $100,000 in ad revenue every single episode. They're supposed to do one a week. It's in their contract. Well, of course, last year, they're in their first year, they blew up. They went from 12,000 downloads to like 2 million downloads in a matter of like six months. So they blew up. And of course, now they want more money. And they're mad at Barstool. And Barstool's like, well, you signed a contract. In fact, you know, the owner of Barstool, the president of Barstool, what's his name again? Um, what's his name? Sam said freedom is greater than drunkenness. Yeah. He said, I just happen to drink freely. <laughs> <laughs> I was drinking so, so freely. Just a couple of caddy women getting <laughs> broke. So, yeah, so so I dis- so the deal was obviously hev- heavily favored in Barstool's favor. It was. 
But after the contract was up, you know, like you have the freedom to go wherever you want. You know, they, they each made almost half a million dollars in the first year. They were guaranteed a salary of 70000 with no, like Barstool took a chance on them. But anyway, the, the funniest thing about this is who's the president of Barstool Sports again? Uh, Dave Portnoy. Dave Portnoy, yes. Anytime I hear his name, I think of Mike Portnoy, who was, I believe, is the name of the drummer from Dream Theater, if I'm not mistaken. Anyway, keep going. So the Caller Daddy podcast, they haven't released an episode in like five weeks, and they're, contract, they're supposed to release one every week. They haven't released one in five weeks, and so Dave Portnoy releases an episode on their thread, on the Caller Daddy thread, and the uh, t- the title of the episode is Daddy Speaks. <laughs> that dude goes for it. <laughs> and it's his version of what's happened. <laughs> and it's so funny. It, it says El Prez explains the Caller Daddy fiasco from the bar- barstool perspective. <laughs> Daddy Speaks. Oh, when I saw that, Stephanie was telling me about that today, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Daddy Speaks. This is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Sam said we're the only podcast he listens to. Didn't think he'd be a podcast guy, but look at that. Here he is. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, w- I wasn't, uh, I couldn't find any podcasts I liked. Uh, honestly, um, Jason Stapleton was the first podcast I found that I liked. Um, and then I think I found Lines of Liberty after that and Tom Woods after that. And I was like, Phew. Do better than these guys. (laughs) (laughs) I listen to uh, what do I listen to? I've got Rogan, um, Peterson, and he drones for Avenged Sevenfold now. Who does Mike Portnoy? Oh, really? Yeah, didn't you go on tour with them (laughs) with Avenged? No, no, Seven Dust. Yeah, Seven Dust. For some reason, I it's the seven part. Seven Dust. Avenged Sevenfold is way bigger. Way bigger than yeah. Seven Dust. Way bigger. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see who's all on here. Rogan, Tom Woods, Lions of Liberty, Stapleton, Jocko. Um, the way I heard it with Mike Rowe, only because he's got a fantastic voice. That guy's voice. And then uh, there's a couple other podcasts I do. No, I actually have not listened to part of the problem. And I've not had that's Dave Smith, right? Yeah. Yeah. I listened to the the Ruben report. That's yep. the other Dave. I have not listened to part of the problem. Actually, actually, I'm going to put that on here right now. But to wrap things, let me wrap that caller daddy thing up because I, <laughs> I do, I do want to say, in all fairness, to the to the ladies, they were the talent and they were the ones obviously pulling in the people and making them money. Although they did, they got a massive boost from Barstool Sports. However, I do want to say that they came to the negotiating table and said, "Hey." We clearly have brought in all this money for you. Like maybe we should get paid more. And one of the girls did get a raise that she came in first looking for it. And then they said, well, this isn't enough. So then Barstool offered him a contract that literally sounds like you can't refuse it. And they did. And so then Barstool was like, well, screw you. Yeah. Literally Barstool took, they were like, we're going to go 50, 50 split on everything. And we're going to pay you each $500,000 a year salary and we'll knock off, there were 18 months left on the contract. We'll knock off six months. It's only a year. And you get all your intellectual property rights back, everything. You can choose to re-sign a deal with Barstool or you can go somewhere else. Just give us one more year. We're going to increase your salary to $500,000 each. Plus you get 50-50 split on merchandise, ad revenue, everything. And they said no to that. I'm like, 
You came well, to the they, negotiating table. They'd never be able to be on a record label. I'll I know. Tell you that. It's like you came to the negotiating table, and I feel like Barstool did the right thing because they took a chance. Here's the thing about business. You're taking a chance on somebody and investing in them. If it goes nowhere, you lose all of your money. And I guarantee you no one wants to share in the losses, right? They only want to share in the spoils. And so when you start to make more money, I think it is appropriate the, the talent that you find as they, as you start to make more money as a business, then you should start to pay them more. Yes. You took a chance on them. You made an investment, but I, I think you should, I think the, and I think Barstool tried to do the right thing, but I think that these, especially, I don't, I don't know the whole story, but it seems like they're being a little catty. I think you're right there, Magoo, a little catty. Yeah. It's uh, seven does have a big <clears throat> song on the movie. They Strangeland. did. They did. Uh, breathe is what it was called. Um, that's the thing, you know, it's the same thing with record labels and it sounds like the same thing with this guy. Like if, you know, it's cool for the girls to come up and say, we're the ones making the money. We're the ones that have all the stuff. But I mean, he, he, it's the same thing you have with business all the time. Like he's the one who fronted more than likely, you know, had either the notoriety in some other kind of way or fronted ab money or did something, took the chance on it. And he was the one who's going to take the risk and do that. And I mean, if they didn't need him, then they should have started their own podcast doing the exact same they thing. They did actually though. And they, they beforehand start, or afterwards. Yes. They had the podcast and, and they, only been going for like three or three months or something like that. And he found them. Yeah. And he said, Hey, I got a deal for you. Like you can use, we'll advertise for you. We'll do all this. We'll market for you. When he found them, they had like 10 to 12,000 downloads an episode. And then immediately within six months of being on Barstool, because they got all the publicity from Barstool, they got into Barstool's articles, they did marketing for them, everything. They went to 2 million downloads. That's a massive leap from yeah. 12,000 to 2 million. Yeah. You're like to be in the top, it's top 20 podcasts worldwide. I mean, that's massive. That's when you have to ask yourself, like, would you rather have, and you always have to ask yourself this. You have to ask yourself this as an artist too. Like, would you rather have, 10% of a hundred million, or would you rather have a hundred percent of a million, you know, wh right. which one would you rather have? And 10% of a hundred million is a whole lot bigger. So that that's, but that's part of the deal. Like that's, that's the person taking the chance on the ads and, and using their platform and, and all that. Right. So that's just part of, I mean, if we did the same kind of deal, if there was a big libertarian network that, that could actually, um, push us pretty far. We'd have to accept the fact that we'd be using our ideas and thoughts and talents. And but but I also wouldn't. They sign have to bring value. I would never sign a deal like they did. Though, yeah, because they signed Sam. away intellectual property. Sam. Yeah, I was going to say. Sam asks, as an investor in Good Morning Liberty, I believe I'm entitled to some of these Olympic sized pool parties at the Thurston Mansion. Yeah, I mean, you guys saw his house when he was recording from there. I don't think that was like that was his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> he, has a, he has a couch and a fireplace. coffee table fireplace with a giant <laughs> tv he was he was broadcasting from his bedroom um oh man i'll aim him for the bs and spot on his pod ad spot on his podcast uh bernie sanders should we run an ad on bernie sanders podcast does he have one? Oh, i think he said bs ad spot on his pod whose podcast Dave, who? I'm not sure. Sam, how much have you had to drink tonight? <laughs> <laughs> All of it. 
<laughs> all of it. Get some I, more. Used, I used to just have, man, there's so many people partying at the Krusty Pay, like, by the way, right now, the road is just lined with people right now. Oh, Ben Shapiro. Oh, Ben Shapiro. Mm. Oh, the other BS. No wonder Ben Shapiro doesn't make any BS jokes. Because that's... <laughs> yeah, I, I, actually, I never even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. need a lot more donations. I have, you, Sam. you know, we've reached out um, to his agency that does the ads uh, to to no avail. It, I mean, you're talking. What do you think that would be? Um, Twenty thousand dollars, more than likely, to run an ad on his podcast. Probably more, something like that. He's in the top ten. I would say it'd be. I say it'd be close to fifty thousand. I mean, you're talking millions per spot, millions of listeners per per episode. One spot on his podcast is going to be in the tens of thousands somewhere. I'm so, going to say 50 grand. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the LP nomination? Now, what, what I'll say is I do not know anything about Joe Jorgensen at all. I have heard that she is great from, from good resources. And that when we were talking last time we talked to um, Brian McWilliams and... Um, you know who Mark, uh, Claire, the the guys from any of the guys from Lions of Liberty. When I asked them who they liked, you know, they said Jacob Hornberger was kind of their first one at that time, and they said George Jorgensen was Joe Jorgensen was was really good, actually. Um, plus she's she's a doctor, uh, which is good. And it means she's probably going to be fairly objective and analytical, hopefully. Um, but I, she's I'm, a she's a, a professor of psychology at Clemson. I'm going to look up. Okay, so she's not a medical doctor. She's a she's a probably psychiatrist. I would something say. like that. Um, yeah, I need to look up some stuff on her. I I just upfront and honest, I do not know anything about her. We're going to look up some stuff. We're going to ask her to come on the podcast also. Um, was kind of waiting for a little bit of the new news to die down a little bit to send her an email and um, see if she wants to come on and talk to us. I will say out of the debates, I watched two debates. She was my second second favorite. She seemed to have a clear, concise message. And the, the biggest problem is, is that she has zero name recognition yeah. whatsoever. I mean, for the LP to get 15 million votes, I think, for ballot access is what they need now or um, what's the percentage now to get into the debates. There's already been articles ran where they don't even mention her name. They just say uh, like from the Washington times, it was like a, a doctor of psychology wins the libertarian party national uh, nomination. Yeah. They don't, there's no picture of her. There's no name, like anything like Which that. Really, it was, that was going to be the case with anyone unless Justin Amash unless it was stuck Amash. It through and he was going right. to win. Um, that was going to be it. Uh, maybe Larry Sharp would have had more notoriety. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he seems pretty good. Um, I'm a really bad libertarian as far as the Libertarian Party is concerned, and in, in the fact that I I do not I do not I do not know the actual policy um, ideas of any of those people. I will definitely look all that up before I go vote or anything. You know, I did. We've said several. Like, I did not vote for Gary Johnson. Um, She's definitely so, way specifically, better, specifically, um, because I I had looked stuff up on him and actually didn't have to because he made a fool of himself plenty of times where you didn't really have to look up anything. Um, hopefully, she doesn't do that. Hopefully, she 
is a strong believer in your personal liberties, regardless of the situation. And uh, that's that's kind of what I'll look for. You got to have that very basis, the very basic idea of do people own themselves or do other people own other people? And if if she at least fills that category, then I can consider throwing a vote her way. Unfortunately, Gary Johnson did not end up filling that category very well. She so. definitely is um, better than Trump or Biden. I'll say yeah. that. Josh says Vermin so. Supreme has more name recognition. That that is that is the the problem. Actually, sorry, is that, she holds a PhD. She's not a psychiatrist. Okay, she holds a PhD in industrial and organizational psychology. Okay, from Clemson, and she's taught at Clemson since two thousand six. So. Let's see. She's a lifetime member of the Libertarian Party. Um, and she served as a county chair, state vice chair, national marketing director. And also she was um, a vice president candidate. Yeah, Vermin. Sam says Vermin lighten up when they asked him about his thoughts on marijuana is the reason that the LP won't be considered. will be considered a joke as far as a party. And that's true. Like they... Generally, the the Libertarian Party is so libertarian that they don't care about any type of tactfulness <laughs> whatsoever, uh, you know, pretty against it because of liberty. And while I agree with that, um, that sentiment, like everyone should be free to do whatever they want to do as long as they're not harming other people, taking away liberties from them, um, I also want someone to actually have a chance of winning sometime. And I want to bring more people over to the libertarian message over time. And, and you got to play the game and you need to play the game. Like the, the problem is there is a game being played. Like you don't need to walk on. You don't need to walk into the Super Bowl and go down on the field and try to convince everyone that this is a stupid game. Like right. that, that is not how you're going to win over the crowd at all. You're going to have to play the game. That's what you're going to have you, to do, whether you, you like it or not. And you should dress the part. And if you don't want to play the game, then don't get into the game. That's that's right. it. Like if you want to play the game of getting people to vote for you so you can be the executive uh, and sign laws and everything, you're going to have to play inside of that game. And you're going to have to play the game that the crowd wants you to play or none of them are going to get involved. Without backing down from your principles. Without backing down. Right. Yeah. I mean, don't cheat. You know, don't don't do anything like that. It's, it's not hard to look nice. Yeah, it's not hard. I mean, you can get a suit at Walmart. Yeah, it's not going to be the most quality suit, but you can get a suit at Walmart. Well, and drug rights are like that's a great cause, but let's tackle drug rights from a standpoint of, um, you know, people being put in cages for almost their entire lives because they had a plant or they were selling right. a plant to someone else or, or some powder em- or whatever it was. Or an EMT is shot to death by police yeah. on a no-knock raid. But for drugs. For drugs. Like, yeah. Let's tackle the drug conversation through that. Let's not, we don't need to tackle it through, oh, we should all be free to just be high all the time if we want to. Like that, you're, I get it and I agree with you want to do that, but you're never going to win anything ever by doing that. Mm-hmm. And so you got to have a little bit of political tact and that's just something that, you know, the LP has always been, um, 
they come off as the idea is no maybe it's not truly their idea but the what the outside perspective would be is they want to get high all the time or they want people to be able to do that all the time you know they're they're anti you know they're anti-war but what they come off as is anti-troops mm-hmm. which is never going to win they're anti-police which is never going to win it's just not it doesn't matter how many cops shoot people that they shouldn't shoot or anything like specifically being anti-cops, like calling cops pigs and stuff like that. You're never going to win an election. And so you're pointless And at that time when it comes to this this game that, that we're trying to win. So I just think that if you're going to. I don't know if you're if you're gonna say that you want to be that you want to be in this game, you're gonna have to at least accept some of the rules, especially yeah. some of the rules. Like what I said, like the fans of football want to see people playing football against each other. You don't get to walk out there and say, "Listen, guys, soccer is way better." Okay, you don't get to say <laughs> that. No, they don't care. That's not what they're there to see. Right. And so you're not gonna you're not gonna win people over at the Super Bowl trying to convince people that that you know cornhole is way better. I watched the ACL, the American Cornhole League, is uh, just taking over ESPN right now. I oh, everyone, wow. everyone wearing masks and that's everything. A, that's a properly social distance game. <laughs> it is. They're, yeah, yeah. It are was they, are they drinking at the same time? That's the only way to really play. I'm that not game. sure. Guys, literally, you can ask us anything. Yeah, I will tell you just about anything. Yeah, that's that's what this time is for. Get your questions in. I know yep. there's I know there's a slight delay, and we are recording this just so you guys know to be released as a podcast episode later. I guess tomorrow, since we're not recording tomorrow, being a being a holiday and all, right. we'll we'll release this as an episode. So make it juicy, kind of not too juicy. Does anybody in this group work out at all? Oh God, I was just wondering if it, tomorrow's Memorial Day. Typically, most people do. Um, Workout. Well, I say most people. There's a big crowd that does a workout called Murph. It's an awful workout, and I just didn't know if anybody was going to do it. See how it is. You don't even have to mention CrossFit for CrossFitters to come in and start talking about CrossFit. You know? Well, you know. (laughs) Let's see. Do y'all or have y'all ever done a fan meetup? We have not, but we can. We that would be really cool to do in uh, in Nashville sometime. I'll go. Somewhere downtown or something like that. That would be really cool to do. I don't know how many people are around or, you know, are within reasonable traveling distance of Nashville. Um, we could definitely get some on the books, but, though. But that would be cool. We've met a lot of people at some of the conventions that we've been at. You know, we've met met several people, a lot of people who listen to the podcast um, at Politicon and the Young Americans for Liberty Convention, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, so we always, set up, we always set up a table and t- <laughs> Sam does 12 ounce curls. <laughs> uh, Josh is only five hours away. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that would be pretty cool. We should, um, we should try, try and find a time this summer to, um, to, to get something like that together. There we go. I do like Atlanta. Um, let's see. Next question, Jeff. Yeah. We did Charlie's brother's bachelor party in atlanta and that wow. was that was that fun was a, that was a lot so i'm told <laughs> it was <laughs> fun that was before you became <laughs> before sober. i quit drinking yeah. so <laughs> i can't tell you for sure yeah. 
but I heard it was good. Look, I'm a big guy, <laughs> and so I can drink quite a bit. And there, one night we didn't go to sleep. Yeah, and we played golf the next day. <laughs> that was terrible. It was awful. Atlanta was fun. I were I'll never forget. We lost my brother at one point. Now I'm six eight. You guys can't see because I'm always sitting down here, but I'm six eight. I'm a I'm a pretty big guy, and um, not because I lift weight all weights all the time, but I I do like working out when I get back into it. But anyway, um, my brother's seven foot, and so kind of a hard guy to lose. But we ended up losing him in Atlanta, and we were going to this other bar, and this bar had like I can't remember where we were, but it had like three different levels. Then they had different sections, like there was a karaoke section and whatever. At the bottom level, there was uh, like a lot of dancing and, and rap music being played. And lo and behold, we lose my brother, and we we look downstairs, and in this in a sea of black people, <laughs> seriously, like everybody downstairs is black. <laughs> There's Brett, seven footer, dancing with everybody. Charlie's brother's white, by the way. <laughs> yes, the, well, yeah, we're brothers. <laughs> Just dancing with everybody. <laughs> Seven foot. It's just the funniest thing I've ever seen. When you walk into a room with Charlie and his brothers, everyone turns and looks. Yeah. I always feel bad. And um, not bad, but I mean, like everyone stares, especially at Charlie's brother, because he's just insanely tall. Well, it's his height, and then I'm pretty handsome. And so, so like, it makes for a, a good duo. One night we went up to, <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a great wingman. I'm a really good wingman, and and uh, we went up to this group, and they, you know, everyone's always looking at Brett, and so my catch, my my catchphrase was, you know, I'm actually above average height. <laughs> <laughs> just so you get, just in case yeah. you guys are wondering. So, um, but six two, yeah, doesn't seem as tall. Yeah, uh, they said range day, which is cool. Yeah, that's something we had mentioned. Um, was doing a doing a shooting range day. That'd be cool. Um. You do a shooting range and then go and uh, you should go do a shooting range and then we'll go do some axe throwing competitions. Yeah, do that right yeah. next to that and uh, which I'm really bad at axe throwing. Now we're no Stapleton. We can't <clears throat> set up an, an entire, you know, clear the house scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we can. Well, and we wouldn't charge you. What? How much was that? Oh, I think he charged for that. Didn't yeah, he? it was yeah. like fifteen hundred bucks. He charged a lot. Yeah. Um, so we won't charge you for it. We'll just, uh, you don't have to pay to hang out with us. <laughs> yeah, we do a range, do some axe throwing. And um, I don't know if you guys all have axe throwing around you, but that there's several places now in Nashville that do that. Nate makes a great DD. I'm I'm a great DD for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, did a lot of Uber driving in the past. So I know Nashville, like like the back of my hand. Yeah. So we can go around then we'll just go go to a bar or something and I'll watch everyone you know, just do something that I can't do and you guys can all do that and that's fine. You know? You are a good sport about it. Yeah. No, I don't care. I'm over it. For the most part, I don't drink around <laughs> you. Yeah. Because I don't I don't want to ever tempt you. I don't care. I want people to drink around me. Yeah. Um I miss the I miss the uh, you know, I don't know, just the fun of hanging out at a bar and slowly getting more and more dumb as the night goes on. <laughs> um, but I don't like it. Like if people are around me and they don't drink when they would want to drink, like then I feel bad because I'm like, they have to change their actions to be around me. Yeah. And I don't want that. I want people to drink still. I'll buy, I'll buy the, I'll buy the booze. Can you, can you <clears> fix that thing? Just slide it over. 
hurts. Every time oh, yeah. I look at you, it really bothers me. I'm just bothered by it. By the way, we're moving. I'm moving. And so with that, the office is moving. Yeah. Luckily, it's pretty much the same distance for you, right? <clears throat> it'll be like the exact same distance for you. It'll be a little bit longer, but it'll be fine. Especially on my way back home, I'm going to catch some stupid traffic. Oh. But it'll be it'll, it'll be fine. That's I fine. I, I think on maps it said something like 20 minutes, 21 yeah. minutes. That's not bad. No. Sometimes getting across that interstate is annoying. Is is real annoying. Yeah. So Jeff said he'd be sober with you. There you go. Sober <laughs> partner. See, I just uh, do whatever like you want to do. I don't Yeah. I don't care. My biggest problem is like I can drink like a whole fifth of whiskey. I can too. And be fine. <laughs> well, not whiskey. I'll have an allergic reaction and Yeah. and it'll be bad. I can drink like a whole case of beer and still be going strong. When I drink certain alcohols, I have what's called, I looked it up, talked to a doctor about it because I told him it kept happening. I have what they call an Asian flush. And this is a thing, I guess, with people who are Asian, which uh, legally I could have been putting down if I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I just didn't didn't realize it for a while because I didn't know my grandparents. Um but there, there is an issue with certain types of alcohol where the, their systems can't process much of it at a time. And whiskey is mine. I get what seems like an allergic reaction, but like I can't breathe and some hives, hives and all, all, crazy. all kinds of stuff. Magoo says, what would y'all say led to the biggest uptick in new listeners? Shout outs from other podcasts, social media. Honestly, the biggest thing for us has been, I would say, consistency and engagement. So I think I mean, the biggest thing happened with with a uh, TikTok. <laughs> that was the that was, the the, the, lar- the fastest and largest up fast. sustained up uptick was TikTok because in January we had no followers on TikTok, and now there's I was just looking there's ten thousand five hundred followers on TikTok, and a lot of those people you know had no idea who we were at all. That was actually yeah. the biggest uh, substantial boost in the numbers. Um, yeah, what you were saying, go, go ahead. Yeah. But I would say mainly the, you know, we created, I think social media has been big for us. Um, you know, we stay pretty consistent on social media as far as creating content. Um, that's honestly mainly what Nate does. Um, I, Nate is very, very good at creating content. And so he does a lot of our content creation and, and then I help stay engaged on social media. And I think that engagement I don't do the people. engagement. Like, no, you're not good. At I engagement. don't respond, <laughs> but you're great at content. Creation. I don't respond to comments and things like that. Charlie is Unless the one. something really pisses you off. <laughs> then I, but I stopped. I quit responding to comments because I started ruining my nights. Like yeah. I realized I got in so many debates on social media, on Instagram and stuff. I was like, man, why am I? I'm like ruining my nights. I'm just going to stop looking. Um, yeah. The other thing I would say, uh, the, we did an interview with Jason and we also ran some advertisements on his podcast. So I would say that was a pretty, a pretty decent boost. Um, I guess I can say to our live group, wasn't as big as I thought. No, it, it was, it was not as good of a boost as we thought. It was the worst time to do it though. It was right when the whole, when the shutdown was happening yeah. is when we started the ads with Stapleton and listen, we love Jason. I don't care what he says. The, listenership has saw a downtick with the shutdowns like that right. 
it, just statistically, you're going to see that. Now we've actually we've actually been increasing with our plays. Maybe he has too, but um, at first we got a big downtick with the shutdown, and I think we were fighting that because it was the same time as the Stapleton ad. So we might have gone down a lot lower if not if it had not been for the Stapleton ads. But um, when people get out of their routines, like listening to something on their way to work or on their way home from work or <laughs> or whatever. Um, that was good, but, um, Josh says, yeah, but you got me. So it's worth every yeah. penny. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, we've, uh, I definitely think, you know, between our social media platforms, that's been our biggest thing. Um, we've had, we've always had really good engagement on Facebook. Um, that was our first major thing. You know, we, we have about 15,000 followers on Facebook, which is not insane or anything. It's actually about the same as Stapleton has on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we keep, we can pretty easily get it to about a million people reached from shares, uh, from those 15,000 people. Um, and I think that's been about our biggest thing. Um, and then Instagram helped when we were doing that. And then we definitely saw a big uptick with TikTok of new people that hadn't seen us before. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think Twitter is helping. I just started tweeting all the time, literally like two weeks ago. And that's been helping some too. We've gained, um, you know, maybe like 300 new followers on Twitter in the last couple of weeks. And, uh, and that's been good. Um, but we never really used it before at all. So I, I would say there's a low amount of followers on Twitter. I would honestly say and this sounds might, might sound cheesy to y'all, but if you're interested in doing something like this, honestly, the Gary V strategy works. It just does. Yeah. Like if you push out content and people like it, it'll grow. And uh, I, I think you do have to spend some advertising money. It's good. Like obviously the Stapleton ads worked for us because we're getting in front of our crowd, like people who would like our show, like we're marketing directly to those people. Like, Hey, come check it out. Um, you know, we actually, we tried to run some ads on Tom Woods we, that's never come through for us for some reason. Uh, and then we've run contests and things like that. Like we gave away mm -hmm. a gun. Um, we're, we're doing this $500 stimulus package. And so those different types of things, which by the way, I was going to tell you, I think Patreon supporters should automatically get some extra bonus entries mm. for being Patreon supporters. I'll think about a couple it. extra entries. I'll think about it for being, for being patrons. Um, everyone, but Josh, <laughs> <laughs> everyone, but Josh, I'm just giving him shit. All you guys, was, but Josh, he was giving me shit earlier. And, so. and Maurice, cause he's not here. Yeah. So where is uh, Maurice? They said, uh, how do you decide on what gets covered on the show? Um, it's typically like I'll go through my news app on my phone and I find news stories. You know, I always look for uh, hypocritical or contradictory things, things that manipulate statistics. Our goal is always to try and get people to think critically because news headlines are kind of what draw drives everyone's perception of their reality. And my goal is to try and get people to be able to think to be able to think critically when they see any of these news stories. And so we, we try to find things where we see that they've manipulated data, uh, cherry pick their statistics, things like that. Um, you know, normally things that are big that day. Um, but not always, we don't always talk about whatever 
is the most current thing. We don't, we never, you know, we never got real big into the weeds of say Russia gate or the, you know, Biden scandal. Like we covered it like one time and just like all that stuff. I just feel like is noise that just, it's just political noise that at the end of the day, just doesn't matter to me. The, the economics and the ideologies are what would fix those problems that are just big downstream problems of the other things. Um, so we not we never got big in those, um, but yeah, anything that can help us help push this narrative that we're trying to get across that liberty is the best thing for the most amount of people, and that bad economics actually is the number one cause of death, which is really weird for people. When I say bad economics and um, people deciding that they can control economies and that they can control other people um, is the number one cause of death Mm -hmm. as far as i can tell um bad economics has killed more people i mean even world the world wars were started out of bad economic ideologies that end up leading to that you know hitler wants to conquest and do all that kind of stuff um but the german people originally got behind that because of the terrible situations that they were in which came out of bad economics in in the first place well also came from the first world war the first world war yeah. so that they were in they were in really bad shape because of uh what is that treaty of versailles is what came out of that and yes basically germany owed the entire world all of their money that they ever had plus some for the rest of their lives and then so they had to print their way out of it mm-hmm. and it destroyed their currency so um the people were in a really, were in really bad shape but that still all derived from economics still so well, and what we try to do is we try to find relatable content that does push the liberty narrative um, because that's what we believe in more than anything else. We believe that the best way to live life is to be as free as possible. And so th- the other thing that we try to do is we try to tell stories much like the EMT that was shot and, and different things like that, because you'll notice the good marketers out there tell stories. They tell emotional stories. Most people, Nate and I have done, and we actually have delve into the study of how people think um, because there's been something wrong with the Liberty message for a long time. And and that's that it's not resonating with anybody anymore. And why you have to ask why, why is, why is the Liberty message? Why, how, why does it resonate with so few people? And the truth of the matter is, is that people in the Liberty movement haven't done a great job of messaging it. And that's because we don't, most people don't think like we do, right? The libertarians, people who believe in liberty, people who are very logical, people who are big picture, uh, that's very few percent of the population. In fact, about it's 10% or less of the people who actually think logically and without emotions and feelings. Yeah. And so you can't reach people who think emotionally with facts because they just don't care. No. Like they just care about how they feel. And that's a tough hurdle to overcome because you're like, well, the two plus two is four. Yeah. Why do you feel it's different? Third two plus two is I feel bad for people. Exactly. That's, that's what it equals. So what you have to do is you have to meet them where they're at. And so what we, another thing we try to do is find stories, not only that forward the message, but forward the message in a way that can meet people emotionally. And so those are like, Anything that makes us angry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
there's no shortage of content when it comes to like AOC or Bernie Sanders and those types of people. It's they make our jobs very easy. <laughs> but uh, even Trump makes our job easy because the guy flies off the handle about all kinds of stuff. And you know, he's, he's right on some things and wrong on some others. And so you can kind of take all of the, what I call emotionomics and you can make it into a story that, that promotes the values and things that you believe in, which ultimately is the truth. It yeah. ultimately is the facts. It's just taking those facts and those truths and put it in a way that's digestible for I don't want to say the common folk, <laughs> but so when we, for the regulars, when we talked to the students at Young Americans, Young Americans for Liberty, we told them a very small percentage of the population thinks like we do. And you can either make it your goal to change people's brains to where they think differently and change the chemical makeup of their personality and their brains. Nearly impossible. Or you can take on the responsibility of crafting your message to talk to those people. And so that's what we try to do. That's what we think the Libertarian Party needs to do. Anyone who's liberty-minded or wants to win in any kind of way needs to do is is speak to the audience that you want to reach and the way that they're going to actually understand what you're saying. And uh, we've always thought that the way to do that is if you're talk talking to people who think emotionally is to present an emotional argument. And, right. you know, we try to do that as much as possible I don't really feel like that's cheapening the message or anything like that. I mean, it's mm -hmm. real stuff. Like we believe this because this is real stuff. This is actually people's lives. Like people are losing their businesses. Now people are committing suicide. More people are going to die from heart did disease you, or liver failure or whatever. Did you, know, you see like, Dr. Fauci came out? I did see that. Oh. Yeah. I Ran, couldn't Rand believe Paul it. Won. He did. <laughs> That's what, what that was. Dr. Fauci was like, well, I guess, I guess that'd be, there could be unintended consequences, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, it said, uh, what are some of the goals? And my, good question. What are some of the goals and milestones y'all have for the show to be successful? And are y'all there yet? By the way, GML meets my threshold for being successful. So my goal for this podcast, the real goal is to actually be able to enact some type of change in the society in some kind of way. Like mm -hmm. that's the goal of it. Um, I, I think we wrote down some, some goals and stuff. Well, we have goals for our business businesses that we have, which uh, what do we, within the next couple of years, we wanted to be like a $10 million business mm -hmm. uh, with our healthcare business. Um, and that's an umbrella for the, for the whole thing. You know, I want to have, um, I think I would feel pretty content with, with, uh, a million downloads an episode. And I would feel pretty content with that. We're not there yet. And it's going to take a lot of time and, uh, you know, a lot of time to get there, but I do think that that is possible for sure. So like, that's kind of my goal. Um, it's cool that you, see us as hitting the threshold for being successful. That's always something that I have to try and remember um, as a personal story real quick. In my music endeavor, I never saw myself as successful ever. Um, but if you would have told 17-year-old Nate yeah. all the Literally, things you would have done. I showed this. Uh, I have an award from, this is not boasting because I thought that this was shit. I have an <laughs> award from MTV right here. An award from MTV right here on this shelf. I was depressed 
the night that we got this. I had no happiness whatsoever at, at all. We were live on the TRL stage getting presented an award by Hunter Hayes. Hunter Hayes. Gave us an award, and I didn't care at all. Not, not one bit, because it was not where I wanted to be at all. And I did not enjoy it whatsoever. And I hate that. I really, I really hate that. And I, and I need to work on that. My band had a number one song on Sirius XM Radio, and I was not happy with that at all. We knocked Panic at the Disco off of the number one spot on the chart on Sirius XM, a band that I loved when I was in high school, and I didn't care at all. Literally yeah. felt no happiness or success from that at all. But part of that's a good thing. It's a yeah. good thing because you don't want to settle, but it's good to put things in perspective. You know, we have... Our goals are very lofty with this. It's we're not about well, I'm very competitive, so it's about being number one. Yeah. <laughs> at, at part of it, it is being number one. But it's not even really about that. It's about how many people can we actually reach to affect change? And so the goal is a million downloads an episode, but what if we only reach five hundred thousand? Like what if we only meet half of our goal? You know, you so you have to put those things in perspective and be like, Man, we hit half of our goal. Like we didn't reach a million, but we're in the top 100 podcast out there. And maybe by that time, it'll be the top 200 podcasts. Who cares? But then the Liberty message becomes an underground mainstream message because podcast is probably still underground. Maybe who knows 10 years from now, but it still becomes a mainstream message, at least in the podcasting world where we can get more people to think like us, because the only way we're going to actually affect change, I believe, and this has kind of been a joke always, but it's at the grassroots. <laughs> it is. Know? You have it sounds to, cliche, but it's, it's not. It's the people that will ultimately make still make the decision. Um, it doesn't matter how powerful a country can get or anything like that. I mean, you've seen throughout history these countries go through cycles and cycles and cycles, and eventually, you know, I think you're going to see it in Venezuela. You have tyranny that rules for at least a little while, and eventually the people will, will be able to take back over. And so, I think trying to reach as many people as we possible as possible with what we believe in. I mean, this is something. You know, I don't care. I honestly don't care if we stay where we're at. You know, like this is something well, I truly so believe in more than anything else. My goal is truly, it's not really a listener number or a play number. It's my goal is that human beings stop trying to control others and take on personal responsibility and that governments stop enacting terrible economic policies and stop killing people through their policies, whatever it is. And like, that's my goal for the podcast is that happens and and then i you know if that's the way and, and everyone feels that way they're like maybe we don't even have to do the podcast anymore and that's fine like that's the goal mm -hmm. the goal for the podcast is for there to not be a need for this podcast that's that's really my goal um and and that's what that's what i'm really heading towards but we do have to accept sam said you got to accept little victories along yeah. the way and that's true like the you know when we got Jason Staple, Jason Staple didn't come on the show. That was, Which, really, by the way, Jeff said that, you know, he got, we got him to start listening there you to Jason go. Stapleton. I'll tell Jason, <laughs> Hey, you're welcome, buddy. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, like that was a win. J that was the first podcast I ever listened to. And we got him to come on our podcast after starting, you know, and that was really cool. And then hearing him do advertisements for us on there was really cool. And he had a lot of really nice things to say. And everything and, and that was really cool too. I mean, you kind of have to accept those little victories 
but really never be try you know never be content like i'm never satisfied with it right with the music stuff you know song really big never satisfied charlie had a top 40 rock billboard rock chart hit also in his band mm-hmm. um my band had a number eight billboard uh what's that chart called next uh, big sound is what it was called list 200 hot with some kind of hot list whatever for billboard chart i was number eight on that i didn't care at all not one of it because i want to be number one for 30 years and right. and that's yeah. all i wanted you know It'd be the next rolling stones yeah, that's that's all i wanted <laughs> and and you have to be able to accept little victories and be happy about those at the same time of balancing not being content or satisfied really because when you become content and satisfied you stop pushing to mm-hmm. to do more so i would it's say a, it's a balance another ambitious goal that i have um you know the healthcare company takes up a lot of my time and so the other the other goal that i have is being able to transition i, I don't ever want to get rid of it but i would like to transition leadership of the healthcare company to someone else and to where i can focus on this more full time uh, but the revenue from this podcast isn't isn't there yet for me for us to make that transition yeah um I obviously care about what I do in the, in the healthcare field. Um, and you know, I care about my clients and, and the things, the, the changes that we're making, making things more efficient to wade through all the government regulations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but honestly, the goal for that company is to work itself out of business anyway with the good morning Liberty, because we will, once you get rid of all the regulations, you won't need all the software and stuff developed to wade through all of them. So that's a big goal. I mean, we, we look at, what we want to do for the next six months. We look at what we want to do in the next five years. And then we look at what are we going to be doing 50 years from now? So we have big time horizons on a lot of this stuff. And so um, it's not anything going away anytime soon. That's for sure. So, but we're about to hit some uh, pretty big major milestones, I'd say. So uh, I I think our next major milestone, uh, if we can hit within the next year that we'll be happy with, would be, um, I would say 10,000 downloads. So we, we have a little bit, we, we, a little bit to go with that, but I think we can definitely do it. We can do it in the next six months to a year. We'd like to see that as soon as we release an episode, like and right now, like we can see how many people have are subscribed and who download immediately because there's an immediate amount of plays there. What I would like to see is as soon as we push out an episode, that we have at least 10,000 people that have it set to download automatically. Mm-hmm. So it's already there. Um, and then we can build from there that the, the episodes have been doing really well. Um, thanks for the compliment. Sam said he played drums in a, in a metal band. We, uh, you know, I played, I played drums on a song one time. That's <laughs> <laughs> really bad. I play air drums a lot. We first started in a screamo band, by the way, Josh is back <laughs> on my good side. Now he's, he said, great story the other day from you, Charlie, with the EMT. So thanks, Josh. <laughs> um, what would you say would be some great intro material to get someone into libertarianism? You guys throw out your ideas, Sam and Jeff and Josh and all you guys. My first book was um, was The Revolution by Ron Paul. That was the first one. And that really talked to me about, you know, I was a, I was a warmonger conservative um when i was in high school and ron paul is what changed my mind on all that and changing my mind all on all that opened up my mind 
to all of the other things. I was mm-hmm. not into this type of thinking whatsoever uh, 15 years ago. Um, so the revolution by Ron Paul was really big. Another one I think was amazing for intro is one by um, Judge Napolitano called Lies the Government Told You. Yeah. Uh, which is a which is a really good book. It's things that, like, you can't disagree with the things that he's talking about in that book. Man, his what if speech on Fox. Oh yeah, on his, yeah. so good. So, Those types of things. I I would honestly to introduce somebody into libertarianism because you can go so deep. Oh yeah, I mean, well, like Jeff you, just said, Anatomy of the State, and uh, which is Rothbard, right? I believe. Um, sorry if I'm wrong on that. I, and what I think is that I, I think you should just start to talk to people and ask them what they want. Yeah. And they'll tell you. And it lines up with what you want for the most part. There's a reason that 40, it's like 40, 45% of the country is independents because they don't agree with the Republicans or Democrats. Yeah. Most people just want to live a normal life and they just want safety. The number one thing we found people want is safety. They want their family and their friends to be safe. They want healthy kids they want those types of things. So I think if you start to talk to people and you understand what they actually want, it aligns with what you want. And you can start to show them little things. Like I would say um, the, the what if clip by Napolitano, I yeah. think is a great clip that his book, the lies the government told you, cause you could start to list these things to say, Hey, Hey, you remember that thing that you believe in? Um, whatever it may be like, uh, you know, Healthcare. Healthcare is a big one and something that we obviously know a lot about. It's a major topic right now. And a lot of times what we say is you have to be for something like we are for affordable healthcare. Like healthcare is too expensive. We will join Bernie Sanders in saying the health healthcare is way too expensive. But then as you start to open people's eyes up as to why it's too expensive, they, they go, huh? I never knew that. Like I never knew what certificate of need was. I never knew all these regulations and these things that, that hampered people from being free. I didn't know we had a, everybody always told me like with this capitalistic healthcare system is terrible. I didn't know that it wasn't a capitalistic healthcare system. Yeah. So those types of things, I think really introduce uh, people. Ron Paul revolution is, was obviously a great book. Another good question. Keep throwing out the great questions. Uh, said, do you think libertarians come more from uh, Republicans who hate war more than liberals that can't go along with the progressive agenda? I've always felt, and this might be completely incorrect, but I have always thought that Republicans were more predisposed to libertarianism than, than say, Democrats would be. I would say definitely conservatives. Yeah, and, and that comes, in my opinion, and you guys can tell me um, why I'm wrong, um, I think Republicans, whether they acted out or not, have a natural uh, discontent for government, even though they obviously when we have Republicans in office, they still are big government at the same time. But I think Republicans deep down, just say on like a statistical basis, more of them have that hatred of big government. And that more like independence, freedom and independence and, and all that kind of thing, you know, that entire idea than than liberals do, because there's there's kind of like a baseline ideology there of, you know, should you be able to make your own decisions or should someone else be making those decisions for you? And I think that liberals, um, they still think 
obviously I know Republicans go to go the same way just on the things that they care about. Um, but I think liberals are more, you know, we should control every single thing. You can probably get them on say, um, drug laws and things like that maybe, or, um, it seems it seems oh, and war also it would seem that liberals have less of a problem with using the arm of the arm of the state yeah um but now you're starting to see i, I think it's i think it's kind of shifted because you're starting to see a lot of republicans not care either as long as yeah. their guys in charge you know with building the wall and these different types of things or spending all the money you know the conservatives have kind of been run out of town you've got four or five of them left in Congress and they all get blasted. Um, you know, like, Ma like Massey and Amash and Rand Paul and Mike Lee, you know, just a few people uh, that actually still care about being conservative and not wasting money on wars and these different types of things or wasting money on the wall. But for the most part, I mean, it's, uh, I honestly see the more I dive into libertarianism, I see more people from both sides. Yeah. Um, so I see him from the left and the right. Um, in fact, as a lot of groups that I'm in, people have come from the last, you know, classical liberalism, classic liberalism, um, which I would say a lot of our founding fathers were classical liberals. Um, you know, Adam Smith and people like that, the old philosophers were classical liberals, but, um, but I would say, I, and uh, and this may be biased too, like nay, but I came from, I came from a conservative background. So, sorry, my uh, sorry, my son is screaming downstairs. <laughs> I hear that. You guys hear any of yeah, that? Yeah, I just you know, trouble. and we've always thought our podcast, we've always purposefully geared more towards conservatives because we do think that conservatives are closer to being able to converting to converting. <laughs> yeah. And we purposefully like on Facebook, we're running ads. When we first started our Facebook page, we ran ads towards conservatives. Uh, and, and that's because we actually wanted to convert people. And I felt like the highest conversion rate would be from conservatives and not liberals. Um, so that's, that has always been our, our main thinking. I, I think that, Obviously, you're going to have outliers or people who cross over on, on in in every kind of way, but if you're looking at a statistical basis, a conservative is going to be easier to bring over to libertarianism than a than a liberal would, mm -hmm. in my in my opinion. So yeah, I was actually I was still a pro war pro war conservative until 2008, um, and I honestly thought it actually it was probably till 2009. I remember thinking back in 2008 that. Um, and I was listening to all the conservative pundits that if Obama won, that that was the end of America. Like I was convinced that Obama was the end of America. And I remember when I first watched Ron Paul, it struck a chord with me, but I was kind of like, no, we got to beat Obama. Like so I was listening to that nonsense. Like, oh, we got, we have to beat Obama. Yeah. We can't allow this crazy spending Democrat in. It's going to ruin America. I was going anti-Obama on 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 MySpace, yeah, <laughs> like crazy. I think it was in 2009 when it was the next year for me when everything didn't crash. You know, Obama didn't shut down America. Life life was pretty much the same when we just went through a financial crisis. Obviously, so tons of stuff we don't agree with at all. Right, but but then that for me is when I remember 
the debates with Ron Paul and some of the, some of the things he said. So I went and looked those up and then I, I read his book. Um, you turned me onto his book after reading his, after going and looking at YouTube and rewatching some of the debates and stuff like that. And I was like, Oh my God, all of this makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah. Why are we spending all this money in war? Like, why are we, why are we doing all of this? Why are we bailing out corporations? You know, why, why is all of that happening? Why do we, what's our failed monetary policy? This is, all seems to be crazy. Like we have lost our way. And, uh, that's when I became, I, I never signed up for the libertarian party still, but that's when I became pretty much a libertarian. I just yeah. don't like to box myself in either. <laughs> that's how libertarian he is. <laughs> that's how libertarian I am. Yeah. I was, you know, I was even made in, even stronger in those beliefs when, and Charlie did the same thing playing for the troops. I don't know if you ever asked anyone about any of these ideas, but when I was in, um, Oh, maybe what was one of the Ot seven? Well, I was trying to think of the country that we, <laughs> we were in UAE. We were in Abu Dhabi. I'm a base in Abu Dhabi, and I was we stayed there for a few days, and so we made some friends. And I was asking them um, what they thought about why they were over there, and I was already hardcore libertarian at that time. And most of them said that they didn't know why they were there, and they didn't think that they were really doing a good job. I was talking with, I was literally talking with people who had just got, just gotten done flying bombing runs, um, around Syria and things like that. Like I I was was hanging out with, yeah, uh, with Navy SEALs who were then getting on their dirt bikes and riding out of the gates at night. It was crazy. (laughs) And they didn't even know like what, you know, what they were doing. They were just doing their job. That's, that's all they were doing, but they didn't really think that they'd, needed to be there they were just doing their job like mm-hmm. i I literally talked to guys who had just gotten done dropping bombs on people and they didn't know what they were what they were doing what they were fighting for. why they were doing it at, yeah. at all um and you're actually wearing your armed forces entertainment hat oh tonight. yeah i am armed forces entertainment right there yep that was uh an eye-opening experience for sure seeing those other countries doesn't matter how mad you are at america it's still best. It is. And, uh, it, I mean, whatever it is that we're upset about, it is still the best place mm-hmm. for sure. Well, we're running Especially up on Especially compared to all the places that Charlie got to go to Greenland. Greenland? Yeah. Yeah. I kept wanting to say Iceland. Nope. It was green. Yeah. It wasn't green. Stayed there for a week. Was it dark the whole time you were there ten, or daylight? Ten days. Daylight. Daylight the whole time? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. the sun dipped down below the horizon for about 45 minutes to an yeah. hour. It was daylight the whole time I was there, and it was weird. So weird. Yeah. Well, we both uh, we both have drank at the most northern bar in, on Earth. Yeah. It's called the Toe Club, Top of the World Club. Yeah. I think I was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't go to bed. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I did Ter- not. Terrible flight. Oh, dude. We flew from Chicago to China or to Hong Kong, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. I guess still China, technically. It's like 16 hours. And I had this girl in front of me, this little kid. Her parents went to sleep before the plane even took off. And she was turning around in her seat, playing with my screen the whole time. I couldn't get her parents to do anything at all. I was so happy when there was turbulence because they would make her sit down and put her seatbelt on. <laughs> I was like, turbulence, yes. 
And you know how much I hate flying. Yeah. Like, please, like, lightning, strike the plane. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, last question. I haven't read Richest Man in Babylon. Um, you know, I haven't read a bunch of the really, really big books that I should read. I stuck to a couple that um, I just keep trying to hammer in the principles in my head, like like basic economics. You know, I'm I'm nine times through Basic Economics by Thomas Sowell, and then I'm I've started reading some of his other books now Wrote too. Wrote a two hundred page research paper on it. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm all all through it, and um, I have not read things that libertarians are supposed to read, like like Anatomy of a State. I have not read Atlas Shrugged because I have never been able to concern myself with fiction. Like I, I've I never been able to spend any time on things that weren't just like statistical information the whole time. Basically, is what I wanted to hear, and so I've I've never read that. I read some of Ayn Rand's other essays and things like that, but um, I haven't read those ones you're supposed to. I'm bad at that. Last question here: Do you think libertarianism's best chance is to have libertarians get elected as Republicans? Yes. Right now. Yeah. Yes. Like hundred years from now, sure. Um, it, good for libertarians right now. The strategy that I think is best is the strategy that Young Americans for Liberty has, which is to find liberty-loving people and help them get elected as Republicans most of the time. And because I don't care what political party that they are attached to, I want people who care about liberty to be in those positions of of power, whatever you want to call it, to be the representatives of the people. I want people who care about liberty to be those people. And I do not care if it is ever the Libertarian Party. I do not care if the Libertarian Party ever succeeds at anything whatsoever. If the Republican Party holds Libertarian principles from most of their members, then that is just completely fine. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where I come down on it. Like, do I want the Libertarian Party to do well? Yeah, I don't care if they ever do, though, as long as all the as long as if we have 500 Thomas Masseys out there uh, as Republicans, then like, why would I care whether or not they're libertarians? Like if we have right. all Justin Amash's, you know, Justin Amash is a libertarian, but he got elected as a Republican. I saw someone tweet the other day. If you ever if you've ever voted for a Republican, then you're not a libertarian. And I was like, so I voted for Ron Paul. And you're saying I'm not a libertarian, right? <laughs> like Ron Paul was a Republican, right? Okay, he didn't. He wasn't elected as a libertarian. The, the problem is, it, it, the problem is, and libertarians should know this as analytical thinkers. It comes down to a numbers game. There is a point of viability for political office, and right now the Libertarian Party is not it. Now, more power to the people forging on trying to build and grow the party. I'm all about it. I'm not against people signing up to be a libertarian whatsoever a big l libertarian the more the merrier jump in and fight the good fight like hopefully the libertarian party becomes can become a national party that can compete and then when it's viable it makes sense for to back people as part of that party but the problem is it, it is a pure and simple number game okay because only about half the country votes and that remains true for the most part when it comes down <laughs> to your state and your municipality and your county elections it's only about half the people are going to vote. Okay. And then you're going to have literally um, all your Republicans are pretty much going to vote Republican. All your Democrats are pretty much going to vote Democrat. And then you have about 8% 
literally you have to win over 8% of the vote, depending on what side of the aisle you sit on. Now, if the libertarians ever can become a party that is viable at competing, then maybe there it'll be a different numbers game. But right now and for the foreseeable future, um, then, and you have to play the numbers game. Like they know, they know, by the way, that 98% of guys, 98% of males that own a Ford F-150 vote, <laughs> vote Republican. You're not changing those guys' minds, okay? <laughs> like they know the numbers on them. Like they have your... They have your name, they have your sex, they have your birthday, they know your age, and they know who you typically vote for, be it Republican or Democrat. And they know if you vote independent, whatever, all the their numbers are in the data is in and it comes to a, a game of viability and the young Americans for Liberty organization understands this, which is why I like them so much is why we've given them so much money. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. we put our money where our mouth is too. We, we believe in organizations and people that are fighting the good fight uh, of getting people who love Liberty into positions that can benefit the most amount of people. Yeah. So they said, uh, uh ideas over party hundred percent of the time. And that's exactly how it should so be. True. Like these people who are libertarian party are bust are part of the same problem. Like it's a political partisanship and that can exist in the libertarian party also. And you have to ask what your goal is, is your goal to get more Liberty minded people as representatives of the people is your goal to push the libertarian party. And if your goal is simply to push the libertarian party, you're probably not doing much good right now. But if you are pushing liberty minded people, like you're telling me if someone voted for Justin Amash, they're not a libertarian, right? Or if they voted for, cause he's now a libertarian. Yeah. I mean like, <laughs> so, so, you know, what does something like that mean? And I always say libertarians need to realize that uh, the, the lesser of two evils is still evil and the lesser of three evils is still evil too. And mm -hmm. that's something that they don't realize is that just because someone's a libertarian does not mean that, that that's going to usher in Liberty for, for all of the people. And I'm worried that that's not always their, I'm worried that that's not always all of their goals. So they're not at least looking at it objectively like they should be. They, they get this emotional ties to the libertarian party and they, and they stick with it. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, I do. I I think right now our goal should be to find more Justin Amashes and Thomas Massey's and and Rand Pauls and even Mike Lee's. And good Lord, I'd settle for a Senate full of Ted Cruz's, you know, like that would be a better step, you know, right. That would be a lot bigger step. And if we can get a Senate full of Ted Cruz's and then we can start, we'll we'll change those people out for a Senate full of Rand Paul's. And then we'll have a Senate full of, you know, Justin Amash's or, or Ron Paul's or whatever, like, then that's good. But let's actually take those steps to do that. And just being liberty, libertarian party or bust, it's just not going to be the viable way to get there for a long, long time. And maybe it's because of people like us who say this and then the party never grows. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's always a possibility, that's, although I don't think that to be true. Yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to, I, I, I think we're on the edge of a cliff and I, I really don't want to have a debate about how we shouldn't be on the edge of the cliff. I, I want to try and stop us from going over it. And, um, that might be the, the best way to do it. I think is to sure get a bunch of Justin Amash's elected around you. Well, I think do that. I think a good way to end this, uh, Josh says 
if you vote for Ron Paul, you ain't black. <laughs> so, so guys, it's been a lot of fun hanging out. Thanks for all of your questions. Thanks for hanging out with us. We had a good time. Uh, we'll do this. Uh, I think we're gonna try to do this once a month, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll do this once a month. We'll let you know if you guys, uh, those listening to the podcast that weren't part of that, you weren't able to ask questions. If you want to be a part of that, go to patreon.com slash good morning Liberty for as little as five bucks a month. You can get in on this action. Uh, we'll, we'll do this Q and a once a month. Uh, so you can ask literally any question you want. Um, it, it, nothing's off the table. It doesn't mean we'll always answer it, but <laughs> you can literally ask whatever you want. So, uh, if you guys do that, um, if you guys do all of that, then we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you guys have a good day and a good morning Liberty. And we'll also try to, um, put together that meetup group meetup. Yes. We'll do a shooting range, maybe some ax throwing and, uh, and a, and a bar yeah. and restaurant. Probably shouldn't go to the bar before the range. Well, probably should go to the range first. <laughs> you can drink and throw axes at the same time. You can do way. that. Yeah. But you can't shoot guns. Yeah. So you can't drink and shoot guns. Thank you guys for the questions. Uh, we won't be doing an episode tomorrow, but this will be released as the episode for tomorrow. And we'll be back at it for a short week, Tuesday through Friday. So pumped about it. I'm going to go trade some Forex because it's open. Yeah, I'm sad so, about the markets. I'm going. I'm going. I'm ready to get back at it. See you guys. Later.